This is my Bible. It is the word of truth. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can. I'm a believer and not a doubter. I'm a doer and not just a hero. I'm humble before the Lord. I'm obedient to the Lord. I'm mature in the Lord. I'm enthusiastic about the Lord. I know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. I'm going to be uh, reading from the New Living Translation in this scripture. And it reads, think back on the early days when you first learned about Christ. Remember how you remained faithful even though it meant terrible suffering. Sometimes you were exposed to public ridicule and were beaten, and sometimes you helped others who suffered the same thing. You suffered along with those who were thrown in jail, and when all you owned was taken from you, you accepted it with joy. You knew there was better things awaiting for you that will last forever. Verse 35 and 36. So don't throw away this confidence in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you patient endurance is what you need now, so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that He has promised. My title. Go ahead and be seated, please. I'm going to hold y'all standing up. Y'all ain't got to stand up and listen to me preach. Amen. That may, that may, that, that may hinder that stand power. Amen. The title of this message is Stand Power to Do God's Will. Stand Power is the capacity for continuing without weakening. Alone, just a runner can have staying power. A song can have a staying power. A pop icon can have staying power. But we as Christians, we must have staying power. So let's, my objective here, before we get into it, is to encourage my brothers and sisters to plug into God, God's power, so that he can continue to do the things he has planned for us. So we got to be plugged in. We got to be connected. So if we don't have that relationship to be connected and plugged in, then we're not going to be able to do what he has planned for us. We can do what we have planned for ourselves, but God has a bigger purpose for us. So that's what we have to do right now in this time, because things change. But God doesn't change. He's always the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So my situation has changed because I'm at home with my wife. We were both working from home. I don't have to get up and go to work. Things have changed because the environment, I got to be more careful to go around people and different things like that. But I know one thing, that God is able to keep us all, and we don't have to fear. So this past year, we witnessed the devastation of COVID-19. We watched our political system become unstable, 
and we watched an insurrection against our government. The former president told us the election was fixed. I want you to keep the, that word fixed in your mind, okay? However, there is no proof to validate his claim. The Bible lets us know that God is in control. And his people must stay connected to him and not lose hope because of the signs of the time. So don't panic. Don't be terrified because it's not the end. Jesus talked about that in Luke chapter 21, verse 9 through 11. This journey that we are on is a marathon race. And there will be distractions. And we must not grow weary and lose heart. We must keep giving God our best service and enduring for the long haul. So some married folks know what I'm talking about. To stay married, you got to have a made-up mind. <laughs> you got to have a made-up mind and stay for the long haul. And that is the approach as Christian, that's the approach that we must take, take with God. No matter what, we got to stay in it for the long haul. Now we're going to look at the scripture. And that's Hebrews chapter 10, verses 33, 32 through 36. And what I'm going to do is paraphrase these verses before I get to my theme verses, which is going to be 35 and 36. But 31, 32 is very important. Think back to those early days when you first learned about Christ. Remember how you remained faithful even though it meant terrible suffering. I'm going to tell you, when I got saved, I had to give up some friends. But what it's talking about, remember how much energy you had. Remember how you was on fire for the Lord. You was ever ready, just like the bear. You were energized, just like the bear. See, a lot of these folks get things from the Bible, and they words that catch your eye. And you ain't going to go in Walmart to get Walmart batteries, because I know I don't. I go in there looking for Duracell. Ever ready, energized for the battery, just a battery. So I'm just saying how words affect our decisions. But it takes more than words to serve God. It's going to take some effort on our part. So what it says is we was exposed to ridicule because the friends that I had, once you got saved, they came back to you and said, you know you ain't saved. Come on, just do it just one more time. And see, that's what the enemy will want you to do, is to go back to the flesh and do it one more time. Because if you do it one more time, you're going to do it again. And that's what the stand power is all about, so you don't have to be subjective to the flesh. So we don't got past this part, and now I want to get to our main part of the scripture. It says this, so don't throw away this confidence in the Lord. That's verse 35. Remember the great reward it brings you. And 36 said, patient endurance is what you need now 
so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all he promised. So what the word is saying, don't throw away this confidence in this great reward. Paul is saying, do not cast your confidence and your boldness and your courage away because you are dealing with life issues. And the Bible lets us know that no one can take our faith. We can only give it away. We ain't volunteered to give away nothing. Hold on to your faith. Some people will give up, but they won't give up their cell phone. They won't give up their smartphone. They leave the house, they got Jesus, and they got the global positioning system, which is the Holy Spirit, but that phone will be in their mind all day because they can't live without it. Their faith is in their phone, but our faith should be in God. You will make it without one day. It's all right if you don't talk to your friend. It's all right when you get back, you got 30 texts and 200 Email. It's all right. Long as God gets you back home safely. And then you can tell them about the goodness of God. I left home without this phone and I was able to talk to the Holy Spirit because that phone used to be a distraction. But when I got to my job and all was between me and God and I was in my prayer closet, I was able to connect with God and the Spirit inside of me, I was able to go to the throne. So we got to be careful on the thing we put our trust in. And see, it's vital that our, that this faith that we have, and the reason for this faith is that it's vital for our life, spiritual and physical, that we are able to access the throne of God 24-7. 24-7. And make a petition. See, life is not stripped. Life is not stripped. You can make your plan. You can do what you want to do. And the thing is, because it's not stripped, we have to rely on God. And everything, and everything will be going according to plan, but there's always something that's going to crop up in our life. Because of this long journey I talked about and the distractions that we're going to endure, endure, we're going to have to stay connected with God. We can't get disconnected because then the spirit, the spirit that we had in us, that have in us, is going to drain away. Everything has to be recharged. And God made us and he blew his breath in us, put a spirit inside of us. We have to be recharged. And, and the reason for this, because it's not stripped, there will be time that we have to ask God to break some strongholds in our life. That petition of ask and that petition of request. To ask him to break strongholds in our life. You know what a stronghold is. Those things that have plagued our family for generations and generations. Your father may have left you, your natural father. And how it affects people and how they interact with other people and some of them, it harmed them in a negative way. Because their father left them, they have seven and eight children, 
and leave them. But also, that thing has a different effect on the child. Where that child says, I don't care what happened, I'm going to raise my children. I'm going to be there with my children. So those strongholds of lust, the stronghold of pornography, the stronghold of gambling, the stronghold of drunkenness, we have to be able to connect with God and to prevent those things from coming into our life. Nobody is good enough to go against the world and not be home spiritually. Because when the spirit is out of you, your flesh is in charge. And also, we have to be able to make a request for God to move in a mighty way. To move in a mighty way. I was listening to a song I was coming, and it was talking about waiting on the Lord. You can wait on the Lord if you're connected to him. You can wait on the Lord if you trust him. Because you're going to look back over your life and see where God has brought you from. The victories in your life gives you the confidence. So all of us have been in here for some time. And I know all of y'all are seasoned Christians. But I want to talk to the folks right now that just got saved. All right, I see your hand. It's one in here. I know God brought me here for a reason. You just got saved. So the enemy is going to be on the tag. But what I'm going to tell you right now, that he can't win. You got the victory. And I'm going to show that to you. To you. So you got to still trust him, still hang on to him. See, we can't risk losing our birthright as sons and daughters. And the inheritance that God has given us, the favor that God has given us. So my problem can be over here. And it can just be knocking on the door, knocking on the door, knocking on the door. But I know that I got a God, he said, cast it on him, he cares for me. And then I know that I can trust him and go on with my life. But I got to be able to wait on God. And also, when I think about having this connection with God, about eternal life, my name, your name, written in the Lamb Book of Life, I get excited. I don't know about you. So let's give, give me a hallelujah. That's the highest praise. Hallelujah. All that Jesus went through to get our name in the Lamb's Book of Life is because we have the stand power. It's because we have the ability to stay in anything that comes in our life and know that God is going to bring us through it. Just because I'm a preacher don't mean I don't have stuff knocking at my door. Just because I'm a preacher don't mean I have the stand power. You see, because a lot of people get hurt in the church by preachers because they don't have the stand power. They ain't connected to God and the people put their trust in them and then they get let down. I feel sorry for the folks that have joined ministry that all they do is talk about wealth. Talk about finance. Talk about business. Those ministries that say, send me a thousand dollars. I ain't talking to the church. But listen to what I'm going to tell you. Is that this time of COVID that we are going through doesn't mean because you have a house, you have a business, you have a car, you have a mansion on the hill that you are blessed. 
Because so many people tie material things to the blessing of God. So this is not only a time for us to get close to God, but, but for God to show us something, that there's more important thing in life than the material things that we got. The most important thing that we got is to be connected with God, blessed in God, so we can have peace. If you look around at our country, why our government has to send out donations? And it's called helping people. We should help people because we love them. The stimulus package. Because a lot of people that had jobs don't have jobs. A lot of people don't have homes. Their mortgage rate is going under. Their mortgage is going up. A lot of people that have cars can't make their payments. So it's not about what we own because the Bible tells us not to put our trust in money. So you got to put your trust in God because if you don't have anything and you know God, he's going to send somebody your way. He's not going to leave you home. He said he'll never leave you nor forsake you. So we got to trust God, and this taught me a lesson that this material stuff don't mean nothing. So I can't plan down the road that I can have this or this or that. But I can head in direction with the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And if it be God's will, then I will receive it. But I'm not going to put all of my faith and my focus on that. Warning. This is a warning. Don't disconnect, dis disconnect from God. Don't disconnect from God. And see, some people skip over warning. They will. But let me tell you something. Everything we got, we buy, comes with a warning. You can go buy some little marble. If they smart, they put a warning on there. Don't throw that marble and hit nobody in the eye. You can buy anything. I just bought my wife, or she just bought herself. And the reason I say it like that, because the Bible says uh, we are co-equal in the Lord. Because we are both saved. But that's another lesson. That's another lesson. That's about marriage. Let me get hit that for a minute. Man, you can't invoke the scripture that God puts you in charge. Because the position he puts you in is a position of sacrifice. You can't have it your way. Your wife is a weaker vessel. You got to treat her, respect, and love her. I didn't learn that right away. I got to be serious. I'll get to the message. But what I'm saying is, if preachers, when they talk to young couples, stop that stuff for the man is head of the life, head of the wife. Wife, submit yourself to your husband. If that man show love, she will. But he can't, he can't demand it. And then he should use that other scripture. Because if you're both saved, God is saying, you're co-equal because both of y'all have the same inheritance. So that's why I said it like that. She bought her own thing. She didn't have to come through me. 
You see, a warning serves as a notice to prevent loss of life. Because if you skip over that warning, something's going to happen. Somebody put a gun on you in law enforcement, and you start acting ugly, he shoots up in the air, pow! That's a warning shot. It prevents the loss, of, the loss of life. And also a warning, hurricane warning, says to get out of the way, because here it comes. So if you skip over a warning, it could cause you damage. And because we need to keep our faith and confidence in God, we cannot depend on man to intercede for us in the midnight hour. So if you I disconnect in the, in, in, in the hood where we came up, and things started going haywire. Y'all ain't heard that term. What that means is things are out of control. And here I am at the midnight hour. I'm going to use Mr. Lake. And I'm going to get on the phone, hit that digit, boom, 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 text. No response. Because of his age, he sleeps. Because of that 24-7 access, we always got a hotline. See, and once you disconnect, somebody got to intercede for you. Because now you don't, you don't got over here, Moses had to intercede for the children of Israel. Because Aaron let them get out of hand. So when you disconnect and just start doing everything, and then you wonder why your family... Ain't going as smooth as it is. You're going to get on the phone. Lathan, you done disconnected. Now what you going to do? So that's the warning. Don't disconnect. It's always and it's good to have somebody to stand in agreement with you and go to God, come boldly to his throne that we may obtain grace and mercy at the time of need. But let me tell you, you ain't got to go through nobody. And any ministry wants you to realize that because a lot of churches you go to, the pastor got all of their anointing and got everything, and all people have done is put their trust in a man. They won't read the word for themselves. They won't let the word stick to their ribs. They won't cling to it. But yet, every Sunday, it's all right to come here for church. But if you're still praying for the same thing you prayed for over a year ago, it's time to get real. You don't want nobody to drive for you, your car. You ain't going to get over in that seat. You're going to drive that yourself because you want to be in control of that car. So you need to be in control of your life and let God bless you and let God keep you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Ephesians 6 and 10 says this. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his, and in his mighty power. Paul called for believers to stand against the devil's schemes. He got some schemes. He got some schemes. We must be ready. And Minister Daniel started to try to preach my message. I wanted to pull her out of here. But we must be ready to be on the offense to lead people to Jesus, to that down stronghold, and to make Jesus' love visible. And we must be able to defend, on the defense. 
defend against the attacks of the enemy. We need to be able to defend and go on the offense for our family. We must be able to stop something from coming into our life. But if you disconnect, everything that come on Netflix, everything that come on Amazon, and everything that pop up on the internet, you're going to look at it. I'm on the internet minding my business. Minding my business. Ain't nothing in my head. I'm just sitting there going boom, 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 boom. Go to this one article, sports article, about anything. Naked women, they ain't naked. I call them naked. But women half naked pop up. Boom. Women pop up with stuff on, dancing. Boom. I'm like, what's wrong with this stuff? It's because it's devices of the enemy. If they can get me to hook up into my mind that everything I need has to have a beautiful woman in it, then I will go beyond my means to make myself feel good for pleasure-wise, and I'll go off and buy something I don't even need because they put a beautiful woman beside me. And y'all know that the power of influence that a woman has. That's why, that's why Jesus had to come. I'll put it like that. That's why Jesus had to come because of the influence of a woman. Y'all know the story. Christians are overcomers because we are born of the Spirit. Greater is the God that's in us than the God that's in the world. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We can speak those things as not as though they were. So we need to speak love into our life. We need to speak peace into our life. We need that to speak that God will supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. God will not hold any good thing from us, those who walk upright before him. And his ears are open to the cries of the righteous. God will guide us along the best path of life. The best path of life. But if we try to do this thing ourselves because we don't have the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us and bring everything to our remembrance, we're going to go some directions and end up in the gutter where we shouldn't be. And God is always ready to give a helping hand because he loved the backslide. He still loves you. He's still ready to grab your hand and bring you up out of that. So my point is this. It doesn't matter what we face in life, we must hang in there. Invoke the stand power of God, the faith, the confidence, the boldness, and courage to keep serving the Lord because the storm will pass. Ephesians 6 and, 6, 6 and 16 says this, In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. So what he's talking about the whole arm of God. In addition to having your waist girded about with truth, in addition to putting on the, bless, the breastplate of righteousness, in addition to showing your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, the New King James Version says, take up. But this says, in addition to, take up the shield of faith, then it says, take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. See, because this shield 
This faith can quench the fiery darts of the enemy. And people get so, so into these, these movies, these movies about space. They watch all these movies, you know, and everybody got a force field, don't they? And these movies are blockbusters, some of these movies. The enemy fire, throw, I throw up my, my force field. Missile just hit, boom, explode. Will Smith got made big money off of that one, that movie. When he had to go up in space and fight those aliens. Those aliens had that force field going, and we just, Americans just shooting, United States just shooting, everybody shooting, couldn't get through. So the point is that you got to have something to keep the fiery dots of the enemy from coming through. The devil cannot penetrate the shield. He is only armed with the bad of lies. And we witness the destruction that can occur if you fall for lies. I'm talking about real life. So the devil is the father of lies, and his mission is to kill and destroy. So if there's anybody out there right now that's going through a battle, don't throw away your shield, the shield of faith, and run to the hills. That will not solve your issue. Don't let the enemy intimidate you and bully you. You hold the winning hand, and he cannot win. Because, you remember what I said earlier? Hold that word fixed in your mind. The reason that he cannot win, the fight is fixed. And I said on the other part of that, the one who claimed the fight was fixed, he didn't have no proof. So if you make a claim that something is fixed, you got to have proof. And here's the proof. Jesus defeated the devil on Calvary. When he died on the cross and rose on the third day with all power in his hand, and he left a comforter to lead and guide us and bring everything to our remembrance. I came upon an example of a person that if he throws the shield of faith away, throws his confidence away, I came up with an example that described what it looks like. And it says this, if a person should cast away the shield of faith, it's like a cowardly soldier who throws away his shield and runs in the midst of battle. So the person he can become a deserter because he's on the battlefield. He's got the confidence in the Lord, but it looks like the enemy is going to win, but he's not going to win. All he can do is make a noise as a roaring lion, walking around, seeing who he can devour. And what happens when you desert? All country punished deserters. And in ancient Greece, the women, when their sons got ready to go off the wall, and this is what they did. They would be the person that give their son the shield. And it was custom for them to say these words. Either bring this back or be bought back on it. Either bring 
this back will be brought back on. So what she was saying, we need to keep honoring the family. You my child, and if you go out there and you get killed, I know that when they bring, put your body on that shield and march you back to me, I can feel proud. So if we don't stay connected with God and we let anything come into our life and disrupt, disrupt our life, it's on us. It's on us. But see, God loves us. And there's nothing will prevent him from being there for, from us. He said nothing to separate, from, separate us from his love. And because we continue to hold that shield of faith, then God is always going to be there for us. Amen. Hebrews 3, Hebrews 10 and 23 says this. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. How many times people made his promise to you? I promise. I promise I'm going to be there. I promise I'm going to pick you up. I promise I'm going to do this for you. But God is a promise keeper. How many of you know that? He is a promise keeper. He is a promise keeper. You don't worry about God, that he won't fail. He won't leave us alone. I was talking to my wife. This is a good story. I was talking to my wife about the subject of testimony a couple of months ago. You see, when you're at home with your wife, I've been at home for half a year, y'all. And I ain't never had to go out on the housetop. The Bible says that. A man go out on the housetop when he ain't in agreement with his wife. Oh, uh, I ain't going to say this word. I'll leave it alone, Holy Ghost. But what I'm saying is I've been there for her for a year. And I've changed. What I mean now, I say, thank for more. Thank you, baby. I'm serious. I said, thank you, baby. And when she's talking to me about something, I ain't jumping to conclusions. And give my opinion. I'm going to listen to her, then I'm going to come back and give my opinion. You know, man, we good about that. We get the first four because we ain't got time for going all around the mulberry bush to get, to get, you know what I'm saying? To get the purpose, we, we cut right through the chain. Boom, that's how you do it. And I, my wife told me, you know, she talking to somebody, and they told her, you know, my, my husband won't talk to me. I was like, I ain't judging, because I'm almost in that class. <laughs> Not in a bad way, y'all. My wife has changed me, and she forced so I was talking to her about this subject of testimony a couple of months ago. And I said, you must be careful not to tell everything because some immature people may not be able to handle it and look at you in a different light. The response was, it is not her problem. It would be 
therefrom. And it took me about 15 minutes of discussion to modify my comment to where they was acceptable. Man, I didn't want to be left there <laughs> out on the porch. <laughs> so I, I had to do like women do, y'all. I really had to explain that thing. I had to say, hey, the women, they can talk about it. Talk. I said, I'm going to have to talk about this thing. So I had to make the point, yeah, I understand what you talking about, and I didn't really mean what you thought I meant. But I was able to walk away with my head up. <laughs> so what I'm just saying is, testimony is good. It's good. It's great. I was uh, listening to Minister Agent Daniels' testimony Sunday about how God brought her through trials and tribulations. And I was sitting there, and I was looking at her. I was like, you ain't shame. Because the point is, like my wife said, it's their problem. But the testimony is there to help somebody else go through the same thing, to help somebody else grow. So I'm glad I got on the right side of history. But when I was listening to her testimony, if y'all didn't look at it and, and see it, I ain't going to record what she said. But what came to my mind, and I said to myself, she has the stand power to continue to do God's will. She has the stand power to continue to do God's will. Because she ain't saying my God. She ain't saying where God brought her from and brought her through and how he's perfecting her and how he's blessing her. That testimony to me, I was like, I don't know if I would have told it like that. <laughs> she was truthful. And you could see the anointing on her and how she began to give God the glory and the praise. See, that's what we got to do. God has brought us from a mighty long way. Here I am, 65, getting ready to hit 66 next year. I don't care what nobody thinks about me serving God about me giving the glory, about me saying, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Because if you take that approach, you won't be afraid. And I said, God, is it your Holy Spirit is molding me and putting a new frame of mind in me? Because some people are so afraid to let people know they was drug out. Some people are so afraid to let people know they was out on the street. Some people are so afraid to let people know they went to jail. Let me say something about that real quick. Y'all, if you don't know, I'm going to tell you right now. If it wasn't for grandmama, if it wasn't for Aunt Bert, Minister Greer, I'm a little bit older than him, but he would have been come preaching to me. What I mean is, my sin didn't land me in jail because I was doing the, some of the same things that land others in jail. So I don't look down on nobody because I know where God brought me from. 
So when I look at the person, I look at the love of that person. We all make mistakes. There's no perfect man. And there will never be another perfect man. So we can't look down on others when they're a little bit lower than us. Because if you're up, that means God has blessed you. So don't take what God has given you and use it to look down on others. And because God kept me out of jail, I'm telling you, at 16, I could have easily been in jail if I were to follow through on the influence of some people marching in Columbus, Georgia. So I had to be in the early 70s, y'all. And like so many people do, when something happens, they want to burn down the city because they're social justice. But sometimes we need to let God move. And this one time, I was ready to get into that mode. Because my grandmother had tucked me a long time ago and put something in me, I was getting ready to do it. And we was in a game. We had a game back in my day, but we weren't killing folks. <laughs> we'll beat you up. And we did. So I'm just saying, the, the things that happen now is nothing new up under the sun. But when I got ready to do that thing, I said the Holy Spirit came to me, and he said, if you do this thing, you're going to break your grandmother's heart, and you're going to be in jail. And because I stopped and said, I ain't going to do it, the other six or seven of them said, I ain't doing it either. <laughs> so what I'm saying is, pray for your family. Intercede for your family. Go down on your knees for your children. It don't matter what you see right now. Because we can speak those things it's not as though they will. So we need to speak health in their life. We need to speak blessing in their life. The change is going to come. But if we don't stay connected to God, because the Bible says, if we are serving God, that our children should be blessed. And I think because we stand up here as Christians, that we got blessed family. So you have to speak blessing over their life. And it came to my mind that testimony with Agent Minister Daniel was so powerful. And I was doing my lesson. The Holy Spirit said, you know, we do the hour of power. We need to do the battle night. The battle night on a Wednesday. Get a couple of folks to testify and let God know where you brought them from. You got Ten minutes to testify. The battle night. Tell them about your battle. And how God brought you through. Because we all got different stories. And if we hold that stuff inside of us and don't do what God said, we're all members of the body, then my little toes just got there. And the body needs to hear about how God brought me through. How God brought me through a situation. How God brought me through a situation with the children. You know, how God brought me through situations in my family. So I'm just saying is, a battle night is something. Because you're going to battle and telling folks how to get through their issues. Two more minutes. Matthew 12 and 5, 5 and 12 says this. Be happy about it. 
be very glad, for a great rewards await you in heaven. And remember the ancient prophets who were persecuted the same way. This great reward is our peace that surpasses all understanding, that's a ruling in our hearts and our minds until we get the glory. That's that reward. Then on Hebrews 10 and 36, patience, it says this, patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all of the promise. We must have patience and perseverance. Patience to lie calmly in God's hands and to submit to his will day by day, year by year, and receive the full prize after the ride, after the race. We need patience to perform difficult duties, to resist strong temptations, to wait for the answers to our prayers. After we have done the will of God, we need to be patient to enable us to re wait to receive the promise. In my final scripture, it says in James 1 and 4, But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Patience indicates the further work that must be done for the purpose of making the believer perfect and complete. The opposite of that, the, the immature and incomplete are not an acceptable long-term state for a Christian. So if you just keep that in mind, then you will be blessed. And I got two appeals. My first appeal is for salvation. If there is anybody at the sound of my voice right now, if you know any right now that you're not walking with God, you're not connected with God, and that, that you need something different in your life, because the world is causing you to feel fear. It's causing you to feel like no one loves you. It causes you to want to give up hope. But I want to tell you that we serve a Jesus that died on the cross for us. And he's the one that if we give our life to him, confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that he died and rose again, that we shall be saved. So if there's anyone out there in TV land and anyone in here that needs to be saved, I see no hand. And the next appeal is for church membership. I've been here since 1999, January, and there have been some others longer than that. And we have a great pastor. And the type of person that I am, I have to respect the person that God has put in place to lead us. And I Pastor Bolden had my utmost respect. But he's a pastor that don't have no favoritism. So if you want to come into the, the body, he's ready to use your talents to bless the people of God and to bless those that we serve. And he would accept you with open arms. He loves all of his sheep. That's what we are. He, 
your sheep. And I just want to say, if there's anybody out there that wants to join this church, raise your hand. And the next one is for salvation, which we sure have a number of. If anyone is in here that needs, I'm sorry, we already did salvation. If anyone needs prayer, we should have a number of that you should be able to see on the screen if you're watching television. If anyone needs prayer, you can stand where you're at, and I can pray right now in here. But those in TV land, just call that number, and someone will be there for you. Amen. And I just want to thank God for y'all sitting there and hearing the word, not only hearing it, but you're going to do something with it. So I thank you. Amen.